today we're talking about how to manage a team of data scientists. It's a crucial topic. We're speaking with Bulent Kizatan, who is one of the most articulate and outspoken data scientists that I know. Thank you. Great to be on the show again, Michael. Give us a flavor of your background to set some context for us. I'm trained as a physicist and an astronomer. Uh, I've spent my career uh, searching for neutron stars and black holes. And uh, during that pursuit, I used different aspects of applied math and machine learning for more than 20 years. And now I'm applying uh, those uh, skills in the industry. All right, so I'm hoping that the topic we talk about today is gonna to be a little bit less complex than looking for neutrons and black holes, but you know, hey, we're talking about people, so maybe it's, maybe it's more complex. Uh, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Okay, so, so Bulent, what is unique about data science, unique about AI, when it comes to building teams and managing teams? Right. Um, first and foremost, it's it's a new domain uh, of, uh, for the business and the industry. So there is a lot of experimentation going on. Uh, the uh, a strategy when it comes to managing, building uh, data science teams and creating value uh, with those teams is still it's in, 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 in its infancy. So there is a lot of experimentation. Uh, companies change strategies all the time. And there's no single answer. There's no single right answer. So bigger companies versus smaller companies, uh, industry domains uh, matter a lot. And the culture is very, very important. And I think we're going to talk about that as well. Is there a distinction between managing data science and managing AI? I think there's a lot of confusion between those two things. Right. Uh, you know, uh, just a few days ago, uh, I wanted to go online and look uh, what people say on blogs. Uh, about AI, data science, analytics, uh, what are the differences? And once you go through the blogs and the information in the internet, it's, it's really confusing. And um, uh, all of those posts have uh, a certain level of truth and correctness in them. Uh, but mainly, uh, it's, it's an area that's uh, very new to the industry. AI is a more generic term that is considered more general and umbrella term. Uh, that sits above data science, and data science uh, typically would sit above analytics in terms of its uh, uh, comprehensiveness, if you will. Uh, but, but there's a lot of confusion, and when it comes to uh, etymology and how the uh, uh, context of a word changes, I think a culture and the industry will uh, ha play its part. So it's, it's uh, currently reshaping itself. Uh, there are overlapping things about all those three uh, areas. There are uh, things that are very different about all those three. But are there, from a, from, a, from a management standpoint, do we need to think about them in, in very unique ways? Uh, I think uh, not based on whether it's called AI, data science, or analytics, but I think uh, what is more important in managing uh, data science teams, if you will, is in what type of company and what type of domain you're operating in. Depend, depending on the business objectives, I think uh, one can come up with a more appropriate designation for the team, uh, for instance, data science versus analytics. All right. So, so I think that that sets the stage. And, and fundamentally, the issue is one of this being a new domain. And so we're still trying to figure it out. So is that, is that the correct sort of ground level beginning that we need to start from? That, 
that's that's one important aspect. But another uh, aspect of this is uh, data science uh, is science, and uh, it, it it is still a hybrid of an academic culture and a business culture. So uh, companies have hard time hitting the right balance that aligns well with their business objectives, and this is one area that we all are struggling and we're experimenting with hitting the right uh, cultural uh, balance uh, within an operation. And uh, I, I would say you know, one can come up with the most interesting uh, a strategy, but culture eats strategy for breakfast. So if the culture is not set right, you cannot execute on the strategy that you're thinking of. Let's talk about the ROI and the organizational expectations for a team that's being, that's, uh, that's being managed and organizationally where should a data science team or a data science department fit inside a company if i were to think uh, uh like only like an academic i would say they should be uh independent uh obviously uh, people who have been in the industry for a very long time they have uh, a different mindset so uh, depending on the uh, uh company uh size and their business objectives uh, it could be considered as a supporting department, and then uh, many companies have a data science operating under engineering, uh, but their business objectives are, I would imagine, uh, more short-term. Um, AI has uh, uh, delivered on uh, its promises. It's creating a lot of ROI, and uh, executives and the companies are well aware of uh, uh, what the ROI can be, if uh, analytics operations or data science operations uh, can set their strategy independently uh, of uh, the engineering uh, uh, strategies, because engineers have uh, different priorities as opposed to analytics folks or data science folks. So um, in my opinion, now we are at the stage where uh, AI or data science or analytics operations should be uh, independently uh, reporting to the board or uh, be represented at the C-level at least, uh, regardless of the size of the company. I want to remind everybody that we're speaking with Bulant Kiziltan, and we're talking about how to manage AI and data science organizations. What are the unique aspects of this? Bulant, the, the kind of expectations that companies have of their AI departments or their data science departments. You made a distinction between the business expectations and the technology or the engineering expectations. Can you elaborate on that? Everybody knows there is a certain level of hype that comes with AI or, or data science. And uh, early when this uh, hype uh, started, uh, we uh, had seen uh, some justified skepticism uh, from uh, high-level uh, business executives because uh, the teams that were formed were not essentially executing or delivering the ROI. So I, I would say um, there were some unrealistic expectations at the beginning, but right now we are at, uh, at the level where we can uh, utilize more mature tools the talent pool has diversified itself. It's still uh, there. There's not enough enough talent out there. Uh, but you know, we hire uh, data scientists from very different profiles. Uh, and uh, data science, uh, I would say, that is more of a creative process than an engineering process. Uh, and engineering process requires creativity as well. But I think. Uh, that creative aspect is very dominant uh, in, in data science uh, uh, processes. So 
uh, an engineering mindset typically has an output and input, and they are, uh, generically speaking, trying to optimize that whole process. Whereas a data science, uh, if uh, managed properly and uh, has an aligned vision uh, with the company, is about discovery, uh, uh, extracting new information. Uh, so that is very different from uh, a sole engineering operations perspective. So th this is why I think uh, companies who are trying to make an impact, who are trying to come up with a, a disruptive innovation uh, on the large scale or on the uh, small scale, uh, I think uh, are moving in the direction uh, where uh, data science operations now I, are led by uh, domain experts uh, that really have done data science, have written code, and they're leading the data science operations by example. And this is why we have all sorts of titles floating around. Uh, so uh, that leader type is also, also very scarce right now, but people and leaders who are domain experts in data science or AI, but also have a business acumen and experience uh, are the leaders that are highly sought after today. You mentioned the that data science needs to be aligned with the goals of the organization. Right. Please uh, talk about that. That seems like a very crucial dimension here. So, so the, there are, I think, two extremes uh, when it comes to uh, building a, uh, a data science strategy. Uh, one extreme is the uh, academic mindset where you do uh, research uh, uh, for long-term impact. Uh, and the other extreme is uh, the, the short-term pragmatism that comes with short-term deliverables in the business setting. Uh, I think uh, in, in data science operations, uh, the balance has to be set right to align with the business objectives of any company. Uh, there are larger companies uh, such as Google and Facebook, uh, which have the resources to make uh, midterm and long-term investments only. So they, they, they have research teams that really operate like uh, academic institutions. Uh, most of the companies don't have those resources. They don't have those objectives. So uh, any leader who is coming in, uh, I think uh, has to first and foremost identify the business objective and what sort of short-term, mid-term, and long-term uh, deliverables uh, he can deliver to the board uh, in order to justify uh, the operation's existence. So this is very important. Uh, the, the, on the other side, and we see that uh, more often than not, is data science, uh, AI, or analytics operations are managed by non-domain experts, and I would call them managers. Uh, and, you know, there are some pragmatic reasons why you would want a uh, person that doesn't have a data science background, but has really the business experience, especially in um, larger companies, mainly because the value that one can create is most often hindered by the internal dynamics and the stakeholders. So a leader that goes into a bigger company has to really consider the balance uh, of different stakeholders and convince them. And that that comes with uh, business experience. So I think the right balance uh, uh, is uh, somewhere in between where you really deliver on the short term. And there are lots of low-hanging fruits in, in uh, all sorts of business settings, especially in larger companies. So a smart leader would focus on delivering the short term and invest in the long term. Given the importance of aligning the data science efforts, and you could say the same thing, I'm sure, for AI, given the importance of that, can you share with us any examples where the 
business goals, where the data science efforts were not aligned with the business goals? And what's the kind of outcome that then happens? So I, I will talk about what we generally see in, in larger companies today is uh, data science and analytics efforts are uh, led by non-domain experts. So they, they don't know much about uh, data science itself, but they know really how to manage uh, groups, how to maybe build groups, and how to talk to different stakeholders internally. And through that relationship, uh, they can uh, justify their existence and large budgets by delivering on the short term. So uh, when you have a, 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 an AI manager, if you will, I, I wouldn't call them leaders. If you have a manager that has a sole business objective and business background, they will uh, have the short-sightedness that comes with the business pragmatism. They will go after the low-hanging fruit only uh, because this is uh, how they have been operating and uh, delivering it uh, to the business executives. But data science operations, especially when it comes to sustaining the value that AI promises, uh, requires long-term investment. And one of that investment is to attract talent and to retain that talent. Uh, so if you have a, a data science operation that focuses on short-term goals only without giving the data scientists creative space, uh, those folks uh, will be very difficult to uh, uh, be retained in, in any type of operations. So in, in that relationship, an employer has to ask what type of uh, a value do I bring to the table and uh, you know, do I invest in the uh, continual uh, mentorship and training of the data scientists. Uh, in, in, in different domains, the uh, domain knowledge uh, that the company has adds to the employee. But within data science, one of the nice things about data science is it's somewhat domain agnostic. So when a data scientist comes on board, uh, they will build the uh, required domain knowledge, whether you're in healthcare or in finance. Uh, but what they do uh, and the value that they create is not directly related to that domain expertise. So they, they have, they know their worth and they can switch from one domain to another. So as an uh, employer, uh, the companies have to really consider how to retain that talent. And uh, there are uh, uh, methods one can do that. And there's a clear ROI case to uh, build a culture uh, in which uh, data scientists collaborate rather than compete. It's more human-centric. And there is an uh, academic uh, aspect to that operation is because uh, if you are looking just uh, at the skill set of data scientists and work them 150%, uh, that skill set will become obsolete in six months. Uh, so a continual training, an environment in which uh, 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 intellectually uh, they get uh, uh, enriched is, is essential in any type of data science operations, in my opinion. So let's shift gears here and talk about data science talent. First off, why is this such an important issue? It's, it's a new new domain, and there, there are a lot of people who are trying to uh, come into that domain from very diverse perspectives, very diverse trainings. And I think all of them bring an important aspect from their own domain into uh, the creative process of uh, doing data science. So um, having folks with psychology background, 
uh, having a data scientist coming from a math background or an astrophysics background, they all bring in interesting ideas. And as I said, data science is more about uh, the creative process and problem solving uh, uh, than uh, just using certain tools. I mean, how to know uh, uh, to know how to use uh, certain tools is important, but what is more important is problem solving skills. And uh, each diverse background brings uh, an interesting aspect and perspective to the problem solving uh, process. So, so that is very important. But one of the negative sides of being a new domain is uh, everybody, uh, every data scientist is an above average in in uh, one of those three aspects uh, when it comes to statistics, code writing. Uh, or uh, the domain expertise uh, when it comes to uh, uh, contributing to a problem solving a certain domain. So uh, there has to be a continual training for data scientists, and I value very much diverse backgrounds, uh, and uh, that is one of my uh, approaches to building data science teams. Diversity is very important. You've mentioned culture several times now as being really important. And we have a question from Twitter. Arsalan Khan asks, how do you create a, an AI-focused culture when employees are fearful that their jobs will be taken away by that AI? By that AI? Well, so, so uh, the, the fear that AI will come and take jobs is, is largely unjustified, I think. Uh, um, some uh, uh, folks uh, who are popularizing AI, they come up with figures uh, and claim that AI will take away jobs. And I ask them, what's, what's the data? Uh, I mean, what, what, how do you justify that claim? Uh, I, I don't know whether uh, AI will uh, take away jobs, but what I know for sure is the demographics and how the labor market is is going to look in five years will be very different from today. But just looking back in uh, innovations that are similar to AI, like the um, invention of electricity or engines in the past, uh, it changed the labor market dramatically, but did it uh, di diminish the labor market in numbers? I don't think so. And I, I, I don't think that AI in general will have a negative impact on uh, the job, uh, the job security for the future. So I, I think that is that fear is not justified. This has to be addressed. Uh, but setting the culture, I think that fear is not the most important issue. The most important issue is to um, uh, create an environment which is uh, collaborative and human centric, and it's uh, intellectually. Uh, um, uh, very rich, uh, mainly because the problems that we're facing today uh, are very complex and we need uh, creative ideas to solve those problems. And uh, data science, AI, machine learning is providing uh, very powerful tools to solve those problems. And uh, people coming in with all sorts of different backgrounds are bringing in something that's valuable. So as a leader, we have to make sure that each individual's opinion is valued the merit of the opinion wins over uh, the title. And this is my approach to things. So uh, ideas are very important. And, uh, you know, data science is a, is a new domain. Uh, none of us is uh, uh, formally trained in data science. Everybody brings in something differently, ha which has value. What about the relationship between academics and 
data science inside, uh, say, especially large companies, but I think it's probably equally true for smaller venture-funded startups. Yes. The bleeding-edge know-how is still uh, created and produced within academic settings or um, in uh, larger companies that operate like academic institutions. So we, we have to consider this if you want to continue and sustain the value that data science uh, creates for companies. So uh, I'm, I'm an advocate to uh, continue the relationship with uh, my colleagues from uh, the academic institutions and building really uh, productive relationships both ways. So there is a lot that we can learn from uh, folks that are operating in academia. I still read the uh, archive uh, every day and see what's coming out in my own domain, uh, in, in both domains, in astrophysics and in data science or AI-related fields, uh, but also create a, a relationship with them uh, that gives them incentives to contribute to uh, solving problems in the industry. And uh, some bigger companies have uh, find different solutions for that where they uh, fund uh, academics uh, full-time or they uh, give them the resources so that they don't have to uh, think about uh, bringing grants and focus on uh, problem solving, uh, which is their, their main job. But, but it, it, in any setting, in smaller companies or bigger companies, I think there has to be uh, some sort of an ongoing uh, a productive relationship uh, with the academic world in order to sustain the value that uh, AI is uh, bringing today. What about smaller companies? How do smaller companies manage? I mean, it's clear with a large company, they have the resources to, to do that. But what about a smaller company? A smaller companies actually hire directly uh, folks with very, very strong academic backgrounds. Uh, larger companies, on the other hand, because they have internal dynamics uh, and uh, silos, uh, they typically hire people who are not domain experts in data science, but are uh, business managers. So uh, I, I don't think startups have a, a problem in uh, building that relationship very informally and casually with academic institutions, because this is their main source uh, where they uh, hire that talent. Whereas uh, bigger companies, uh, they have their own uh, problems uh, bringing academics uh, into their operations. It sounds like you're a big fan of the kind of uh, work that's done, innovation, put it that way, inside smaller companies. That's right. I mean, I, I've uh, operated and worked in, in both domains, if you will, in, in the startup space and in, in bigger companies. Uh, both have uh, pros and cons, uh, positive and negative aspects to their operations. Um, but when it comes to innovation, I think moving quickly is very important, and uh, startups, uh, they uh, don't have the stigma of, uh, you know, uh, di having different silos. They are very flat in terms of hierarchy, so they can produce and make that impact, impact really quickly, and uh, time is an important uh, asset uh, today, especially when it comes to AI. Things are changing on a weekly basis, so you have to be quick. Uh, having uh, larger companies, uh, having a lot of people to manage, internal uh, dynamics uh, to overcome uh, is a lot of wasted time and resources for bigger companies. So um, uh, this is why I've uh, seen a trend where bigger companies are acquiring smaller companies for their AI operations or they're uh, having a more um, organic merger with uh, different companies. Uh, so uh, s smaller companies definitely have their advantages when it comes to uh, uh, innovation. The challenge that small companies face is they have speed, they can move quickly, but they often don't have the, the resources 
that large companies do. And so what are you seeing inside smaller companies when it comes to AI and data science to let them overcome that lack of resource, the, the lack of resources? That's correct. Uh, the lack of resources is one of the disadvantages smaller companies have. And one important resource that uh, bigger companies have is access to data. And data is currency when it comes to doing data science. Uh, so bigger companies cannot move fast, whereas smaller companies can move really quickly. So uh, it, it, depending on the problem that they're working on, um, sometimes working with smaller teams is more advantageous than working with bigger teams, um, to be honest. Uh, so as long as smaller companies have access to data, uh, I, I think uh, the day-to-day uh, -day operations, uh, the uh, hardware requirements, uh, are not that enormous. And you don't need an army of data scientists to address a certain problem or come up with an interesting solution. Uh, so I, I think the uh, asset that bigger companies have uh, is the data that they're owning and smaller companies have the speed. So I encourage uh, companies to uh, build synergistic relationships uh, in that regard. That's a really interesting point. Smaller companies have speed and larger companies have data. That's a uniquely AI-focused proposition today. I think, yes, it's, it's very different from what we've seen until the emergence of data science, how that relationship worked. I think startups uh, today uh, have a lot of leverage uh, doing data science and AI, uh, as long as they have access to that data. And sometimes, the data is being produced in academic settings, and this is why we see uh, a lot of uh, academics and professors who are building companies, uh, startups, and moving quickly and producing value that way. Let's talk about finding data scientists. Uh, when I speak with executives, the lack of resources seems to be a constant complaint. There's definitely a, a lack of talent. I mean, that, that's for sure. But I think an important... Um, a part of the searching process is how the recruitment process works. And what I've seen in uh, companies, uh, especially bigger companies, uh, their recruitment teams um, still use uh, the old-fashioned way of going after data scientists. And most of the time, they're missing the real talent. Uh, they, they're searching for certain keywords. They're looking for a certain type of experience. Uh, that is not out there and is not essential required in the data science operation. So I think um, reforming and restructuring and retraining the HR and the uh, recruiters, I think, is an important part in uh, proactively going after the data science talent. I mean, they're looking at the wrong places most of the time. What are the wrong places and what are the right places? I mean, they, you know, how they scan CVs, for instance, they're looking for certain keywords like Python and scikit-learn that anybody can put on their CV. Uh, but it's very difficult to gauge the uh, creative aspect of a, a certain individual. Uh, so there are metrics that one can use to uh, gauge the uh, creativity that an individual has. But I, I'm a face-to-face -face person. So a five-minute a face-to-face -face meeting is, is, is worth any type of strategy in recruitment. So um, uh, meeting a person in face-to-face uh, uh, -face and talking to them uh, gives a lot of insight in what type of person they are, how they go after a certain type of problem. Uh, many companies are 
filtering based on certain skill sets. And I think that's the wrong way to go about searching uh, talented data scientists. So the problem is there many recruiters are searching for specific languages, as an example, none of which can point to creativity. And creativity is so essential. That's right. I mean, um, in data science, in my opinion, what language you use in most of the cases, use cases, the language is not relevant. Uh, you, I advise them to use the language that they are most comfortable with. And when it comes to certain tools, they're looking for tools. I mean, tools are being produced on, on a weekly basis. They're, they're dynamically changing. So what you put on your CV today is becoming irrelevant in a couple of months, and there is a new tool. So what I look for is creativity and the willingness to learn rather than a certain uh, uh, keyword on your CV. And I, I think uh, recruiters, uh, most of them are uh, going about this the wrong way. Is that any different from hiring software developers? Yes, it, it is. It is somewhat different. So, uh, in, in software development, uh, things are more mature. Uh, experience is very important, and the process is really well defined. Whereas uh, data science operations, as I said, is is still in its experimentation, and there's no single answer. I mean, uh, you can take very similar two companies uh, based on their leadership and management st style. You you have to hire uh, different people that align better with the culture of the particular company. So it's a very dynamic um, domain, and one cannot go about this in a deterministic manner. You really have to meet the candidate and talk to them. Obviously, if, uh, uh, the screening is very important, and you know, we really appreciate uh, the efforts of recruiters and how they help us in the hiring process, but uh, we have to go about data science hiring in a different way. What makes a company attractive to a data scientist if you want to set up the right kind of environment to attract to attract folks? Yeah, um, everybody has a different background. They have different experiences that they bring uh, to the table. Uh, for me, uh, for instance, right now, I think what I focus on is the culture. Uh, either the culture has to be uh, right for the data scientist. And when I mean right, I mean a place where they can uh, continually learn, where they can uh, bring interesting ideas to the table and the ideas are being valued. Um, the uh, merit of the idea uh, is more important than the uh, title of a person. Uh, an uh, intellectually rich environment. And then, uh, obviously, the problems that they're working on uh, how interesting they are is important for people to choose one company over other. Uh, if a company doesn't set the culture right, uh, as I said, the turnover will be very high, which is a very high cost for companies. And that high turnover will uh, uh, make a data scientist question whether it's a right choice or not. So if a company has uh, uh, a high number of turnover, they have to really rethink uh, about their, they have to rethink their strategy and approach to data science in general, in my opinion. Arsalan Khan on Twitter makes a really interesting point. He says, very often HR is not equipped to hire data scientists because they don't know enough to evaluate who is good and who is not. I think this gets back to the point that you raised earlier, that searching, scanning for keywords on a CV or, or a resume does not help you evaluate the, the creativity or the potential of that person at all. Right and wrong. Uh, uh, certainly he is right when it comes to domain expertise, they don't. 
uh, but uh, recruiters and HR is not required to be a domain expert uh, when they are screening the candidate. And how they screened in the past based on keywords uh, uh, regarding domains that are mature, like software development or certain types of engineering, uh, should be very different uh, than uh, looking for a particular uh, type and profile of a data scientist is what I'm saying. They don't require domain expertise to do that. What you're essentially saying is you need to be looking for innovation potential. Right. I mean, uh, for instance, has a person uh, uh, operated in different domains and be, uh, you know, uh, still remain productive? I think that's an important metric to gauge the uh, learning uh, willingness of a candidate and the creativity of a candidate. If a person has, uh, um, if they come from an academic background, have they uh, produced academic, world, uh, academic work in uh, different topics, for instance, is an important metric. If they have been in the industry, have they, have they been in different domains? If they have remained in the same uh, domain for 15 years, that makes them a really deep domain expert. But will this make a person the right candidate for data science? Uh, I don't think so. Gus Backdash on Twitter makes a really interesting point. He says one principle that's helped him in the past is looking at the kinds of problems that a person has solved. What do you think about that? Yes, uh, but you know, uh, not everybody has the luxury to choose the problems that they want to work on, in, both in the academic setting and in the industry setting as well. So I kind of uh, evaluate this uh, more dynamically. I look into the problem. It has a certain weight. Certainly, they have some uh, leverage in choosing it. But once they're in an operation, typically they are assigned certain problems, and I look at what they have brought to the solution. So, is that the that's the key? Is it's not not just the problem they're working on, but the nature of the solution that they're applying. Absolutely, and this also um, will give an insight into how you can build your CV and make it more transparent to a hiring manager. Uh, you know, you should probably include some of the relevant solutions that you brought uh, to a certain type of problem, and I think that is very relevant. Yeah, that's a very, very interesting point. So, what you're really trying to do is give is help the hiring manager gain insight into the way that you think. Yes, and that's a very tough one. Uh, so, so, so it's a challenge for everyone, including uh, recruiters, including hiring managers. Uh, so it, it, it is uh, an area that we also keep experimenting. I mean, uh, some companies, they um, have online challenges, uh, coding challenges, uh, which work or uh, it doesn't work. I, I, I don't like online challenges, but I, I like to sit down with uh, candidates and uh, uh, stay in front of a board and uh, have a conversation, uh, focus on some problem and see how they think. But this is a very subjective process. I agree with that. So uh, uh, this is why uh, data science candidates should not be discouraged if they're turned down by certain companies because everybody has a different approach. It doesn't reflect their worth. So um, it's a very subjective process. One of the issues I think that comes up, especially in larger companies, and you alluded to this earlier, is that the the aspect of data science in, can get lost relative to the importance of process and corporate flow and desire to look good and and so forth. That's right. This this is why choosing the right leader is very important. Uh, my approach to leadership is to lead by example. So I, I would. 
um, uh, imagine a leader who really has written code and models and knows about the um, a process itself is an important asset in this regard to hit the right balance uh, when it comes to focusing on short-term business objectives and deliverables and then also investing in the uh, uh, long-term future. Uh, if the uh, manager uh, of a certain type of data science operations is focused only on one aspect, uh, whether it be uh, uh, R&D for the long-term or just short-term deliverables, I think uh, we'll face uh, uh, some hardship in the midterm. Uh, so in, in big companies, as I said, because uh, uh, the domain experts have operated mainly in academic settings, have somewhat limited uh, business experience compared to managers uh, or consultants or executives who have been in the industry for, for decades, uh, you cannot compare their business objective, uh, business experience for sure. But I think what is more important is to uh, bring a person that has a reputable um, uh, domain expertise and has business acumen leadership skills as well and invest into that person if you want to break ground uh, using AI. And the ultimate issue is, as you say, is how are we breaking ground, right? And that's very different from, say, developing traditional enterprise software business applications. Yes, breaking ground, uh, I mean, everybody has a different approach uh, to breaking ground or doing uh, disruptive innovation. Uh, but what I've seen in, in many companies uh, is when it comes to AI, when you look at the nuts and bolts of what they actually do, um, sometimes what they promise uh, is actually not there. Uh, so, you know, and this has to do with not having the right talent or not not having the right level of investment into AI, uh, but they want to move in the right direction. So that's an under, understandable position to take where they advertise uh, um, a vision and they're trying to build uh, a team that can align with that vision, which is very important. Uh, but it's, it's, I think, critically important to have the right leader that is uh, uh, setting the tone for the culture uh, leader versus manager is very important. Uh, go after the leaders that have some domain expertise. What about at the senior level inside a company, at the board level, the senior executive level, folks who are setting the goals for the business, how does that translate down into AI efforts and data science efforts? Again, I think the uh, leader uh, who is managing data science operations is critically important here. The person has to uh, be an educator uh, coming from a background uh, uh, from which in which they have operated at a level where they can break down technical stuff uh, to uh, simple terms. And this is how a uh, leader that is operating uh, within data science has to talk with the board. I mean, you cannot just go about a deep learning networks and talk about back propagation uh, in the board meeting. Uh, with startup companies, uh, this may not be a big problem, but with bigger companies, I think uh, um, the communication skill uh, plays a critical role when the uh, data science leader comes to the meeting and uh, uh, talks about the objectives that they have and how it aligns with the business objectives. And on the other side of the table, it requires an uh, executive board and a CEO that is willing to learn. I mean, we had this conversation before. Uh, we live at a time in which every business leader has to be articulate and 
learn some aspects of machine learning and AI in order to make the right decision. If it's a person uh, that is not open to learning, uh, that doesn't value the best ideas, but is looking for uh, a certain type of uh, presentation or looks at the fonts and the colors of a, a PowerPoint rather than look at the content of the PowerPoint, I think uh, that's the uh, place where that relationship can break ground or fail. So isn't this really just like, uh, you know, IT folks? I mean, I don't see, how is this different from the historical problem that techn te technical folks have had communicating with business people? It seems like that's the same issue. When it comes to communicating, I, I think, yeah, the problems are similar, but the uh, uh, business objectives and the investment types and the strategies are very different. Uh, so there will be a certain structure of communication and uh, a certain expectations from the board that they are used to. So the leader, either uh, the data science leader, either conforms into uh, this expectation, I think, which is the wrong way to do. The, the leader, the data science leader has to be bold, but also has to align the business objectives of the data science operations with the board. So what the data science leader brings to the table will be very different from an IT leader. As we finish up, can you describe those differences between managing an IT function, like, like the CIO, for example, and managing a, an AI or a data science operation? I, I don't want to talk too much about the uh, IT folks because I, it's, it's not my area of expertise, I would say, per se. Uh, but I would imagine that the um, uh, IT infrastructure is much more mature, the uh, day-to-day -day expectation, how they set up certain goals is, is more uh, set as opposed to a, a domain uh, such as data science in which the leader has to reinvent himself or herself on a weekly basis. You basically uh, have to encourage your team to fail, but fail quickly rather than in IT, that margin for failure might be very, very small. As opposed to in, in, in data science, we are experimenting quite a bit. And uh, so there is a certain overhead that comes with that experimentation. Uh, so um, we face a different type of challenges, but by no, by no means, I, I, want, I don't want to say uh, IT uh, leadership is less challenging. I mean, we, we all face different challenges. That is certainly the truth. As we finish up, Bulent, any final thoughts on this topic? Data science, AI, machine learning, uh, analytics is a, is a great place to be. So, uh, and I, I see a lot of younger people who are moving into the field I want to uh, um, encourage them to move in. Uh, most of the people who are coming in, uh, they're suffering from a, a syndrome where they think you know, they, they are not properly trained as a data scientist, so they, they are less worth as opposed to um, more formally trained computer scientists. Uh, I don't think this is the case, and a diverse background uh, has a lot of business value. And uh, from a leader's perspective, creating that creative space for data scientists, regardless of, of their level, uh, produces a lot of ROI. It has business value that comes with it. So I encourage the leaders to create that space for the incoming data scientists, invest into their continual training if you want to sustain the value that you have produced in the short term. Okay, Bulent Kizilton, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a very fascinating discussion. 
It's been a pleasure, Michael. You have been watching this interesting discussion on how do we manage data science and artificial intelligence operations. Thanks for watching. Please subscribe on YouTube to our YouTube channel and go to cxotalk.com to see more videos and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day and uh, check out our videos and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.